0: And um, I hear the first officer call out, and, and the first officer jumps on the radio and he screams, "Holy sh! The goat man!" And I mean, it's just like everything went quiet. And my I, I could hear the ringing in my ears, and I could feel my heart race. And so I hit my life and I went flying up there. I'd been told by some. Old, older people elders there you grab them and you hold them and you uh, you you don't own them but you you hold them there until daylight if you can hold them or pull it in pull them into the light it uh, destroys anything they have uh, any kind of power or anything that or anything they were trying to do to you it'll, it'll destroy them this guy was like bouncing like you know like how you see people kind of getting ready to jig you know how they kind of bounce yeah he was like that way he was just kind of bouncing and he was just kind of going back and forth and one foot to the other and uh and he just kind of turned sideways and he turned back over to the other way and and uh he took off oh he jumped
1: in wanda welcome back to lodge tales everyone i'm your host rod williamson before we begin the show, I'd like to give a quick shout out to a guy named Scuzgall. He sent me a message on Spotify, and he asked if I could uh, maybe do an episode where I tell just my own stories. And you know, I, I've been thinking about doing that, so maybe one of these next episodes that come up, I'll go ahead and tell all, well not all of my own, there's quite a few there, but I'll think about it, and I'm thinking maybe I'll start in chronological order and just kinda go from there. But just so you know Skuzgal, I got your message um, from Spotify and yeah I'm seriously considering what what you want, you know, what you're suggesting I do. Sounds fun. And so our next guest his name is Moses Jordan. He's from Alaska. He tells stories, he tells three of his personal experiences one of them is with a shadow person and another one's where he hears a bunch of banging in his house there's another one he talks about where there was a ghost camp that they kind of encountered while they were out hunting he tells more stories about little people we both kind of talk about little people a little uh, in depth no pun intended <laughs> he also tells a short story about some music That was playing in a house that you know there's no radio or nothing on in there it's one of his wife's stories we reminisce a bit about uh you know just things it's it's kind of odd because i know some of this i know a guy that he knows so we kind of reminisce a little bit about that he tells another story about a ghost boat another one where one of his friends was kicking a human skull From one of those above ground graves that they have. Used to have way back when. We talk about some alcohol spirits and stuff like that. And also he tells a quick little story about possession. And he is our first Alaskan guest, Moses. And I really appreciate him coming on. Well, I'd like to ask everybody once again to send your stories in to lodgetales at gmail.com and let's hear your stories I mean there's a lot of really interesting ones out there and if you've ever been on the fence about telling your stories just give it a shot I'd encourage you to contact me via email or you could join our Lodgetales Facebook group it's just called Lodgetales on Facebook you'll be able to find it you can contact me through that if you wish it's a private group what I want to hear is just all of us indigenous people don't matter where you're from you know you could be from uh, New Zealand you could be from South America somewhere it doesn't matter, Mexico, Canada it, it doesn't matter where you're at what I'm after is uh, indigenous tales you know hence the name Lodge Tales of my podcast here that we got going and again thanks to everybody for coming on the show and sharing your stories, being willing to, you know, come and do this. Because for us natives, we, we really we're really kind of a guarded people. We don't we don't tell a lot of our stories to to very many people. So I understand the hesitation, believe me I do. And I was very hesitant at first too to start this podcast even and to just get out there and share and kind of you know because really you open yourself up to a lot of things um, In my experience it's been a lot of positive things I've met a lot of good people, people that I've actually made friends with you know and from all over the world so I just hope that more people will kind of bridge that barrier of uh, you know getting over your own, Fears, whatever it is, whatever's holding you back, I would encourage you to just come on and share, because you know we're just a group of people that ha- that listen to this podcast that love ghost stories or love hearing strange things, or and for the non-natives, it's it's good for them to hear how we kind of interact, how we how we think. I mean, there's a lot in this podcast that that I personally like, and I can imagine there's something for Every person that listens to it. And I I love doing this stuff. It's it's really fun and to learn about the different cultures and the different ways of people and how we're so similar. It's it's really interesting to me. And so that's about all I have to say about you know encouraging people to come on, but I can't say it enough. Please come on, share your stories getting closer to Halloween. <laughs> So if you've got a burning desire, by all means, share it with us. Well, let's get into the show. Today we have our first Alaskan guest, Alaskan native. Um, His name is Moses, and uh, if you will, Moses, go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, introduce yourself, and uh, go ahead and walk us into your story.
0: Hey guys, uh, my name is Moses. Um, I was born and raised in Bethel, Alaska. Um, i lived here in Alaska all my life, and yeah, I saw an opportunity on Yukon Custom and some ghost stories to, to share my story, so I called Rod and decided to tell him my story my experiences I experienced growing up. Yeah, I'm going I'm to tell you. I'm going to lay it on you, okay? All right. All right. So anyway, growing up as a kid, I was a, Anyway... I was adopted to my uh, grandparents. My uh, mom had adopted me to her mom and dad. Um they wanted to have a kid mm-hmm. and they were, you know, they're too old to have kids. So my mom said that she since I was the fifth one that she'd be able to give the fifth one away. And I was adopted to my grandparents and my grandparents, my grandfather, he was a he was a preacher at the time. Um, he was a big alcoholic, I guess, supposedly in the eighties and finally sobered up late eighties and early nineties and became, uh, went to a Bible college and became a Pentecostal, uh, native Pentecostal, um uh, preacher. Mm. So, um, as, as, you know, he, I had questions of like, what, you know, what, like, what, what if I was ever bothered by something like, like the devil, you know, ask my dad. He said, um, Sam covered by the blood of Jesus, I are peaking Jesus' name, I should leave you alone, I should go away. I'm like, Okay. Um so that was that was early on in your life, like I was probably like maybe nine, ten when I asked him that. Oh, I see, yeah. So I, I, anyway, I'm turning I'm probably eleven when this happened. Mhm. Um, it was fall it was a winter time here in it was in Anchorage, went for the native Pentec or the native musico. It's a big um festival for all the natives come and they like uh, do nothing but gospel songs. Oh yeah. So, um went to one of those and we got anyway, on our way there, my dad was driving without his license and we got T Bone who decided to drive a red light. And we're coming from a little little town that has no roads, no ways in whether than going in by jet. And he decided to borrow my auntie's minivan. And on our way there, we got uh T-bound and we ended up, um, getting in a big accident and just yeah, that, ha- that big accident happened later on that summer. I'm like 11, like 11 years old. My dad go like, Hey Moses, um, I'm going to have to go to jail. I'm like, why? He goes, remember that car accident we got in the wintertime? It's, yeah, I was like, yeah. He goes, I'm going to have to go to jail for that right. Back in my head, you know, I'm naive. I'm young. I'm like, okay, that's a long time. That's like six months ago. That happened like six months ago. All right. Okay, and he tells my mom the same story. Uh, two weeks later, in the, uh, in the newspaper it said Noah Jordan second degree sexual assault whoa and my dad my whole life just flipped upside down as a kid you know
2: yeah
0: went from having everything had a very stable household to having a mom that was like waiting for her you know my mom didn't even know she was waiting for her husband to come back and when we read that in the newspaper we were right there man my mom like just changed you know she Oh no, she uh turned into a big alcoholic, right? Oh, so she boy. started drinking almost every day, every every other day. Mhm. And um this one we went from having no alcohol in our home. Nothing like we only had nothing, you know. Never my dad never drank, mom never drank. See my parents we were recovering alcoholics from the eighties. And this is uh late nineties, early two thousands and this is happening. Mhm. And um after she saw what her husband did, she became a big alcoholic, you know, drinking every day. So my dad so my dad's in jail for like three weeks now. From that time and different people are coming in the house left and right, drinking up drinking with my mom. Most of the alcoholics in Bethel are like they're coming from the villages, coming to drink. And don't have a place to stay, so they're staying at my mom. People that I never even met before. A lot of them were were family members, so like extended family members that drank, but my we, we never welcomed them in when they were drinking.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But when my dad was gone, um, we were welcoming them in. You know, letting them come in, even though they were drinking with my mom. This one day, uh, my mom was been going on the bender. It was like uh, three, four days straight drinking. When I come home. I'm in sixth grade. I'm like 12 years old. And I said to my mom, "I was like, Mom, man, you promised me that you weren't gonna drink tomorrow. Um, you said you're gonna, you said you're going to uh, sober, stay sober today. Why don't you go to bed?" And I brought her upstairs to so the bedroom to go to bed. I ate whatever, and I don't, I don't recall most of the day. um I had my. My real my real mother was there, that's the other thing. My real mother had divorced my real father at the time, but I considered her my sister. That's how I was raised, you know?
2: Oh, yeah.
0: So she was my sister. And she's like in her thirties at the time I believe, and I was twelve. And um anyway, I said, Go to bed and she didn't drink alcohol, my real mom. Mm-hmm. Because she used to tell me she was um She's like, um, I shouldn't have gave you up, didn't know I was gonna give you up and this is gonna happen to you, type of thing. She talked to me like that.
2: Yeah.
0: Um but yeah, anyway, that night after I came home from her drinking I was upstairs and after after she went to bed and this is winter time. Um, it was around because I had just turned twelve. Because it happened that summer when, you know, my dad went to jail. Mm-hmm. I was 11. Well, it must have been like more than like three months then, not three weeks. Oh, I see. Yeah. And it was because I remember I was 12. I was in, I came home. It was wintertime. Came off the bus. Came home. My mom was intoxicated. I said, Mom, go upstairs and go to bed. You know, this is, um, you told me you're going to quit drinking. And I went up. put one upstairs, brought her to bed. You know, so I, pro- I don't know what happened during that day, but I remember the nighttime. I was in my room. Now I'm in um, I'm in these ABC apartments, right? It's like it's almost like Section Eight housing, where it's dependent on your um, it's uh, based on your income, right? Yeah. Just apartments. Uh huh. So and it's, it's it's run by um, like a native association. So in these apartments, there's this long hallway from the bathroom. And at the end of the end of the long hallway is my bedroom, right? Yeah. So I'm laying in bed and I had turned off all the lights. My real mom's downstairs sleeping on the couch and the, lawn, the 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 light turns on. You know, from from downstairs to upstairs the hallway light from the stair light. Yeah. And outside of my bedroom, the layout anyway, I'll give you the picture of the layout. The layout outside of my bedroom is a closet. And then that closet is all our towels for when we shower, because the bathroom is right down the hallway.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And there's a light above the, uh, above the, above the, uh, above where the closet is at. Anyway, the light turns on, and I, was, I thought it was my mom, so I turned over and I looked, and I said, "Mom," you know, I thought it was my mom getting up to use the restroom or something after being being passed out or whatnot. Yeah. He was like, "Mom." Nobody said nothing, so it scared me. And I covered up with the blanket. And when I looked back again, this time there was the darkest shadow. You know, you always hear of the hat man and the shadow man. This, this thing didn't have a hat like they say. Oh, it had like a pilgrim hat or a fedora or whatnot. Yeah. This thing was didn't have none of that. It was super black. It was so dark that the light above it it was being, like, encapsulated by the darkness, being sucked in, you know? Wow. And he was in the shape of a person. And he was leaning in my doorframe. I say he because his uh, presence, the way he asserted mm-hmm. himself, when I looked at him, he felt dominant, you know?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And he's in my doorway, and I'm leaning. He's he's leaning, he's leaning, and I'm peeking. And my what came to my head was my dad when he told me that the devil in the you. You say, I'm covered by the blood of Jesus. I'm speaking Jesus' name. And I said that, and it disappeared. You know, I, I covered it up and I said, I'm covered by the blood of Jesus. I'm speaking Jesus' name. And I looked, it was gone, but the light stayed on. Oh. So I don't know how the hell I fell asleep. Cause I know my mom was passed out drunk in the other room. I knew she didn't wake up. So I covered myself up with the blanket. The next day I went downstairs and I told her when, as soon as I woke up, cause it was the weekend. It was Saturday morning and I came down there and I said, Hey, last night, um, the lights turned on. I thought it was mom and there was a starkish shadow and I prayed and it disappeared. My, and my sister, my real mom said there was growling in front of my face last night and I prayed our father who art in heaven and it stopped. She said there was cold breath growling in her face. And later that day, my dad called from jail. And I told him about it. He goes, has your mom been drinking? I said, yes, she's been drinking repeatedly. He goes, has different people been stopping by the house to drink? And I said, yes. He goes, that's what's happening. Is multiple people are stopping by and are leaving their bad um, spirits behind. Their negative energy staying in the house now. Because my mom was depressed. I'm pretty much crying for my dad, you know, so it's... A lot of dark energy and there's some people are coming and bringing their dark emotions from you know bottled up by alcohol and yeah mm. so that's what I experienced with darkness man you know I've seen him you know it's just it just it's just crazy i'm i'm thirty i'm thirty five now and yeah, so like now I gotta censor that when I go in someone's house and Guys, just sometimes I can feel this dark energy, I don't know if if you've ever experienced that, you could tell it, too. Yep. When you go in someone's home, you can feel if it's dark or not.
1: Yeah, you know there's something there, you can feel it. It's not this uh, feeling of, oh, I'm scaring myself. You know, when you think about, you've just watched a spooky movie, and you're walking to the bathroom, and you kind of got the ABG. It ain't that kind of fear. It's something you feel in your body, you know, you feel it in your...
0: Yeah, and it's heavy, and it's Mm -hmm. dirty
1: you know yeah
0: yeah i so know what, what you uh, mean feels for I me. know. but what mm-hmm. what i, what I so was going to say me.
1: about that was uh you know those are those shadow people they they they're darker than dark that mm-hmm. they almost look solid because uh you can't see through them if there was a light on the other side of them you wouldn't be able to see it it's just this black yeah figure. it's like if it's a black hole
0: in the shape of a person you know
1: yeah that, yeah it it'll even suck in light, you know it'll just
0: yeah, that's what mm-hmm. I noticed was uh, the light did not reflect off of it at all, you know it didn't mm-hmm. break the light it feel the lightness around it
1: those things they're uh they're attracted to different sufferings usually it's it's drugs it's alcohol it's um depression they're they're attracted mm-hmm. to these things, and more often than not those things will will have uh, a hat on. You know, the one that came to my dad's house and uh, was bothering me one night, it came in there and three times it paralyzed me in one night. There was a lot of drinking yeah. in that house. There was uh, drugs in that house. they the same thing that you're talking about, people coming and going. But this is later on in life. I was about 25, 26, and I had just got out of the military. And I, I was staying with my dad before I, you know, found my own place and whatever. But uh, yeah, that thing was in my room. And, uh, my girlfriend and I were laying there, and I didn't want to scare her, but it come in, and it was a short one, though. It wasn't a big one. I remember people, they talk about those things being pretty tall. This one was small. It was short. It was only about four feet tall. And, uh, but anyways, it, it, it was doing that to me, too. The last time, first two times, it was solid. I could see it, and I could see its features, its hat, its clothes it had on. Like, I could see it all. Its eyes, its big eyes. It never had, uh like wrinkles or nothing. It was like smooth like clay, but it had this ugly smile, you know, and I first it was in the corner by the door and I was able to break free of that and I start looking for him and he was gone. And I was trying to go back to sleep again. Yeah. And next time when I woke up, he was halfway to my bed from that door and he had two little kids standing yeah, in front of him. Do, yeah, yeah, two little kids standing in front of him and they were both looking at They had the same big eyes, the same ugly smile. I could see their clothes you know and anyways i i finally was able to break out that i saw my wife you know if i start mumbling or making noise because that's all i could do is just lay there and i could move my eyes but i couldn't talk i could couldn't even move you know i'd mumble paralysis like I, is then, huh? yeah that's what happened to me but that third time it did that to me i didn't see it in that room i was wondering where the hell it was and so i just said all right well i can't move i might as well just lay here I don't know, Wait, I guess. And so I looked up in the ceiling, and there it was. It was on the ceiling looking down at me. I could see it. It stood out in all the shadows. It was just looking at me. It was darker man. than dark. It was, like, black. Like, I could almost... You, I could probably touch you it, You know but what,
0: what, what I was ask myself, you know, now that I'm older, is, like... you like, man, what, what would happen if I had communicated with it, you know?
1: No, they're they're only there to, uh, to feed off of your suffering. They... They mean you harm. They, they won't do anything good to you. They're not a good spirit. It would have probably just bothered you and bothered you and bothered you. You know.
0: When when I was when I was a preteen, I lost faith. You know, because my dad was like, "Man, God, you're not real." You know, I was saying you're you saying all these blasphemous things. I was like, "You're you're not real. There's there's no way there's a God. If a man of God could go in, uh, assault another woman and not even sleep with his wife." and be that way, I, I, I can't, I, I, was, I was telling myself, like, there's, God's not real, it's just all a big scheme, hmm. and that night, when that, when that thing appeared, there was power in Jesus' name, man, I'm not even, a, I'm not a full-blown Christian or anything, I believe there's a God in darkness and stuff, but I'm telling you, man, when I, when I said Jesus' name and all that, it disappeared, it went away, Yeah. and I never got bothered by a dark shadow like that after that, man.
1: You know, I've heard that working, people invoke the name of Jesus, and uh, it'll chase them off. You know, I've heard that working, that's not unheard of, and there is power in that. Like you say, I agree with you. You know, like with us, Mm -hmm. uh, where we're from in Montana here, we're predominantly Catholic, but there's Christians around too. So, um, but most, Mm -hmm. like me, I follow our old traditional ways, uh, sweat lodge, you know, stuff like that, Uh, that way. Yeah, it's, it's nice. It.
0: That's what I like too, you know, getting back to tradition. Mm-hmm. You know, though, it's, it's been stripped away from us and everything. I'm glad that I'm seeing uh, the land back movement and all that happen with different tribes and different tribes trying to restore the language and all that. I'm glad I'm starting to see that because in Alaska, um, all these schools that came up here and assimilated, or did, when the schools happened and took our people away and assimilated everybody. A lot of our languages were lost, and then now, when I go over to um, Anchorage, I could, which is the big city in Alaska, I could see nothing but that age generation of um, those people that were taken from their families and brought to the schools. Alcoholics now, you know. Yeah. Yeah. They're all trying to um, heal. They're trying to heal, but they don't know how to heal because they weren't raised with their families, and they're just they're they're, they're self medicating when they're when there's traditional ways to heal
1: yeah we see that back in, in our place too you know because what happened with us was so it'd be like my I'm 46 my, my grandpa they were all taken and put in the boarding schools and then their kids they didn't necessarily want to teach them a lot of old stuff because you know they were afraid they were gonna get in trouble too because if they would speak the language it'd get beat up by those priests and nuns and stuff you know
0: it was pretty yeah, bad. Yeah, my, my father, my my, my grandpa, he, the one I was adopted to, told me the same thing when he would speak Yup'ik. They'd um, have his hands open. They'd say, stick out your hand and they'd take a ruler and slap the shit out of his hands, you know?
1: Yeah, right on the back of him. That's what my grandpa said, too. He'd hold his hands out and he'd slap the back of his hands at that ruler. Same thing. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yep, so, yeah, my dad was raising children's home because... It was during the T V pandemic and his, his mom passed away. Mm-hmm. Gave birth to him in a boat and she died and they named him Noah. So wow. I, I still have all these feelings of, you know, even though what he did, what he did was wrong and I still love him. He was mm-hmm. my dad. Wow. Unconditional. But yeah, man, that was that's that was uh the one crazy thing I ever experienced. And then like after after that happened, it's like Later on in life, I noticed all these other different things happening
1: too. Yeah, lead us well, into um, your, to your next story.
0: You want to hear the next one? Yeah. So anyway, you know, this is like years gone by. We're still living in the same apartment, right? Mm-hmm. You know, because that's all my mom could afford it at the time. And we're 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 back on rent too. So we're we're, we're going to get evicted here soon. I was 19 years old, and I still living at home with my mom because I was the only one working and helping pay for everything. Um, but I was 19, and I got a call from the Anchorage Police Department that said they found my dad deceased. Oh. Apparently, he had end up having... Um, um, he had colon cancer. They told him about it. He knew about it, but he chose to just let it eat him away and die, you know, oh,
2: living homeless
0: on the streets. Yeah. It's I'm just crazy because he was, you know, he's a, you know, it's fine. Um, he was a pastor, a preacher. He led a lot of people to sobriety, and, which is crazy, at the last moments of his life, he was just back into his drunkenness, you know?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And he just wanted to be done with life, I guess. He was 72 when he passed away. But, um,. Yeah, anyway, we got evicted from A B C P those apartments I'm telling you, but we got evicted from them. uh we moved to this uh trailer trailer it's number twenty seven, trailer court in Bethel. There was a blue trailer right next to my friend that I grew up with and he lived in the trailer park and I never grew up in a trailer park and you know, I knew where he lived and I never knew about instances of funny stuff happening over there. His mom and dad told me some funny things that happened to him when he was a baby mm-hmm. and how he was, like, on the bed and all of a sudden he's underneath the bed. They had to pull him out from the right to bed when he was, like, uh, three months old. Oh. But anyway, we moved in next door and this guy had committed suicide across the street from our um, trailer. And no one lived in that trailer, you know? Yeah. Um, It was pitch black, was dark, and I brought my I had this pit bull, a really beautiful pit bull. He was a blue nosed pit bull and um his, his his fur was blue, had a big white chest and I brought him outside and had a to good to said, Let's go use the bathroom, let's go for a walk, went and smoked a cig while I'm walking him, he looks at that house where that guy committed suicide, he's growling. And there's there there's a shadow of a person standing in the in the in the, in the um in the in in the um what's it called? The uh the porch, the Arctic entry.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So we could see someone standing in there, and he's just growling. it's just pitch black, but it couldn't have been nobody because no, 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 uh, step, you know, the steps were all snowed up and everything. So it was something dark over at that house. And my wife, she's my, she's my girlfriend then, this was 2000, uh, 2008. Um, right before 2009, it was like literally two days before the New Year's of 2009. Mm-hmm. My wife and um, her family went down to Vegas. She asked me if I wanted to go, and I was like, no, you know, I can't afford that, so I'll stay up here. You go with your family, and go and enjoy yourself. And that's the time when that guy drove his motorcycle. You know, it was a big thing He in, in Vegas. He drove his motorcycle onto that one uh, pier. You know, he jumped his, jumped a motorcycle all the way to the top of the building. Oh. it's a big thing yeah Yeah. so she she was down there and there's like two days before new year's um anyway this trailer that we moved to is it's just a regular trailer you know it's a single light it's not a double light single light trailer Mm -hmm. and you know the there's a bathroom at one end of the trailer and there's a washer and dryer right next to the bathroom yeah you know, and that, and then right from that washer and draft, that that area right there, there's a big master bedroom at the end of the trailer,
1: right? Yep.
0: So my mom's all like, "Hey Moses, you know, I know you're you're older, you're paying for a lot of stuff. You know, you you can have the master bedroom." I'm like, "You sure?" She's like, "Yeah." She's like, "Your other brother could take the, the smaller bedroom and all the other sleep out on the couch." I'm like, "Okay." And my mom's sister's here at the time, and your older sister she had broke her hip. Um, so she's staying out in the living room on a big bed and she had passed away like uh, two weeks prior to this happening. Somewhere under it was somewhere under her passing away.
2: Oh,
0: boy. But again, you know, negative energy. Um, family showed up drunk earlier that day. Caused a big scene, big argument. Um, they left. And... I was I was at the end of the trailer and I was sleeping, laying on my bed. My mom's in the kitchen, it's just me and my old mom home. Mm-hmm. And it's probably like 11.30, almost midnight. And all of a sudden, there's a big slam on my window, right, wham! And I stood up and I went into that doorway, right next to the bathroom and the washer and dryer. So I'm mean, standing in the doorway now, you know, cause it freaked me out. I'm like, what the heck was that? My mom's like, Moses, are you okay? What was that? I heard that noise. I said, I'm good. Well, what was that? I said, oh, no. I said, something slammed and hit my window. She's like, okay. And then all of a sudden, wham, on this side of the trailer, right where the washer and dryer was with the bathroom. Yeah. And there's a back door on the opposite side of that, and it slammed on that side too, and I took off running down the hallway. As I freaking ran down the hallway, it went, wham, 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 wham on both sides of the trailer Uh simultaneously until I got to the kitchen. Yeah, it was crazy. And I got to the kitchen as I'm there. I started playing. I'm freaking out. I'm like, Mom, what's going on? She's like, I don't know. She called my older sister and she showed up with uh, sage and holy water Mm -hmm. and my older brother Boise and when she showed up they uh, started, she started saging and blessing the house Blasting holy water all over the place. And my brother, Boyce, and it's wintertime. He's like, Mosey, let's go check outside. I'm like, okay, let's go. We went and looked on both sides of the trailer. Well, what we could tell from, you know, because we didn't want to go, because it's just like a foot of snow between each trailer mm-hmm. all the way there. And, and there was no tracks in the snow. Whatnot. You know, there's no no one goes in between the trailers. Just no no tracks on both sides. And yeah, that was the second time I ever experienced something paranormal, man. It just freaked the hell out of me. It reminded me of something like out of the poltergeist, you know?
1: Yeah. Oh my God. It was yeah. just
0: slamming walls both sides. Yeah, that's pretty intense. Yeah, man. That was, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was pretty intense, man. Yeah. Um I mean I've I've encountered others, you know when I was a kid you hear stuff of people saying, you need to go to bed earlier or you're gonna get like three knocks on your corner of the wall of each corner of your house and it brought back memories hearing tales of that and it just freaked me out man
1: you know i've always been interested in your guys' stories about those little people because i know you guys have them up there too just like we do yeah have, have yeah. you ever
0: heard any stories about those man you gotta to talk to my uncle tim b right he's the whitest guy ever man he grew he moved up here to alaska from um wisconsin right uh-huh. and he's um he's of Polish descent. Yeah. Man, they called us uh, 3, 4 o'clock in the morning one day. This is when I was a kid. I remember waking up because uh, Tim started calling, the, the house phones turned on, and my mom's talking, saying, leave dry fish in the porch for some reason. I don't know if they say little people are scared of dry fish or if that's a gift or something.
2: Mm-hmm. But anyway,
0: he was laying in bed, and he said that... um. His dog, his dog, he had a little terrier, right? She's tiny.
2: Mm-hmm. And it's
0: uh, bigger than a Yorkie, though. A little bigger than a Yorkie. And she's, she's freaking barking away. And Tim said he woke up and he saw um, clothing flying into the air, right? Like getting mm-hmm. tossed up from his drawer. Uh-huh. And he said when he looked down, he said he saw a little, little, little person, little guy. Had long hair, but he was bald, though. You know, he had bald on top. But the hair around the ears and the back of the head was long. Yeah. He is bald with long hair. Oh. And he said, I looked at him, smiled, and turned around. And he said, when it ran it ran out, it's like, it was so fast it was a blur. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he is a white guy. You know, I've never experienced it. I was here about it. And then once I heard that, I was like, man, if a white guy seen it, it must be true.
1: Yeah. Yeah, because they, yeah, they don't believe stuff like that in general. You know, a lot of them don't. But uh, yeah, that is interesting to, to know that, uh, you know, a non-native said that. <laughs> that seen that.
0: Yeah, yeah. It was, it was, and then they called my mom, their dad, really in the morning and asked what to do. And, and even when I talked to my real mom, she said, yeah, leave dry fish out. They're scared of dry fish, which I don't get. I thought... is. It, if anything, you think that they were—they saw it as a sign of like, oh, they left me out just for me, like an offering. So I'm gonna leave them alone. You know, that's how I thought of it. But I don't know if they were scared of it or what.
1: You know, in our tribe, we um we actually have a society uh that's based on them. There's an old story where, well, this society's still alive today, but how it was formed um. It's a kind of a long story, but the long story short goes like this. Uh, a boy was almost killed by his uncle, and uh, those little people helped him. They brought him, they healed his wounds, and they taught him some songs, and they showed him how to turn into a coyote. And they raced over to that battle, and those little people fought that battle. And our tribe, the Blackfeet, were they were probably going to get beat that day, but those little people helped that boy, because all that boy wanted to do was be a warrior. And they helped him, but nobody could see him. And they kept getting, uh, they they killed all the enemy that day. Well, that bad uncle of his took credit for all that. And they all went back to the tribe. Yeah. But those little people and that boy, they went back to the tribe, too, and they waited on the outskirts of the encampment. And when the uh, war party showed up and they were all, you know, successful and they took war <coughs> trophies, war honors and everything, and that's when that boy went out because that, that little person, that old man, that chief of those little people, he told him uh, now you go down there and tell them what really happened and when you need uh, proof just sing that song and so anyways he went down there and said, oh no this guy my uncle he, he tried to kill me it wasn't his war medicine he said it was those little people and me we went down there and, and they ah he's crazy don't listen to him and an old man spoke up says no what this boy says is a serious accusation you know we gotta listen to him you know what he's accusing you of so we gotta hear him out and so they made him be quiet and they listened to him and just then that boy starts singing that song, and those coyote come in, walking in between the legs of all of those people. And then before everybody's eyes, they all turned into little people. And that chief of those little people told him, yeah, what this boy says is true. And what's more, he fought harder than all of us even. What he did was he, he tied himself to a uh, to a Savisberry bush right there, and and he fought. He couldn't leave the field of battle, and he fought harder than all of us. He says... Because of this, we're going to make him an honorary chief with the little people. And we're also going to give you guys these gifts, this bundle. And if you do what we, you know, we're going to teach you these songs. And if you take care of this bundle and you, you do this in the right way, your people will always be taken care of. And those are the gifts that they give them. That society is the Brave Dog Society or Crazy Dog Society in our tribe. That's one of the societies we have, but it's still alive today. People still, they're members of it and stuff, you know, it's still there. Mhm, that's cool. Yeah, but that uh it's cool that that's going to this day. That whole uh act of tying yourself to a bush, that's what Blackfeet did a long time ago. They did that after that, you know, they would tie themselves Once there was a battle. Jesus' enemy would just avoid those Blackfeet that were that tied themselves to bushes. Usually I didn't want nothing to do with them, <laughs> they'd get killed, you know. <laughs> but yeah, that was mm-hmm. a that was a big war honor kind <laughs> of thing to do.
0: See, anyway, my my Yupik name is Upanufa, and it means a uh, great warrior. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, ado- I, adop- I was adopted to my um, grandpa, and you know he wasn't raised by his dad, but um, you hear all these stories about him. He um like like you, you hear elders too sometimes say. They, they say to their kid to to people, "Go to bed if you don't go to bed, up a new book's gonna come and get you oh
2: uh-huh
0: and there's there's a few stories of him of his uh, vest that he had woven tight and that arrows couldn't pass through it yeah, uh-huh. and there was other stories too that my dad told me when I was a kid that um when he came back from he anyway he came back from um from school and he was like eighteen years old. Mm-hmm. came back to Bethel. Never met his dad before. He went down to um, the Wild Goose, which was the only bar in Bethel at the time. Mm-hmm. And he said, where's Moses Jordan? I'm going to kick his ass when I see him. And he just sat there and he got drunk all night. Do you know Moses Jordan? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to I'm gonna kick his ass when I see him. That's what my dad was telling me, saying that. And then he said, by the time that bar closed, the guy said, hey, you need a place to sleep. You're too intoxicated. You can stay at my house. The next day he woke up, he said, I'm Moses Jordan. <laughs> I'm your dad. And he told me that he had a bow made out of um, some kind of bone, a rib bone. Mm-hmm. It was a big one. I think he said it was whale bone out of a rib or parts of a rib. Yeah. Into it. And he said that the tension was so strong on it with the sinew, he couldn't even pull it himself you know oh but his dad could pull it yeah so i was like man that's that's crazy oh, that's so, a good story yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah it is and then and, and that's the funny thing is when i went back to the tribe to work for my tribe as a natural resource director mm-hmm. and the elder said hey um you, you you know you know your dad's dad and i said yeah moses jordan he goes yeah is." you know, his name? I said, yep, Upland Nuspluk. They said, you know, there's stories that Upland Nuspluk's gonna come back and lead his people. And I was all like, whoa, you know. I yeah. was <laughs> like, you know, super pumped up. Yeah. <laughs> I was working there for a bit, but we ended up moving. After six months, I ended up moving down to Saldatna, Alaska. And that, so I really didn't get to lead my people.
1: But still, that's a really good story, man. <laughs>
0: Yeah, to hear it from an old guy was pretty cool.
1: You know, how about those, uh... So... Oh, go ahead, sorry.
0: I have another one. Yeah. One more One more I could tell you, man. Um, You know, how, like back to earlier, how you said everyone that you were you were around was raised mostly Catholic? Mm-hmm. See, I was raised mostly like Christian, you know, like Pentecostal and uh, Moravian, like that. That's yeah. how. Mm-hmm. Just Christian. And, um... Most of everybody in the Tundra village surrounding Bethel is raised um, Russian Orthodox. Oh, uh-huh. So it's, it's not really Catholic, mostly Russian right? Well, there is some Catholics, but it's mostly Russian Orthodox. Everyone just logically of the year where they have these big, um... have big feasts, people coming over and giving out candy following the star from from the uh, Russian Orthodox. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Anyway, um... Fall time though it's September, and we didn't catch a moose. It had closed on um, on the Cusco cream for Unit 18, but it was open for Unit 18 remainder, which is towards the Yukon, mm-hmm. from the Cusco River. So I had uh, had quite a. St- I had just bought a boat that year from my father-in-law with a 90 Tech and I asked my brother, my real brother, my oldest one too. Hey, you want to go hunting? Moose hunting? He's like, sure. My brother, my 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 wife's brother-in-law decided to come with us. And when we got there, anyway, we went way, went way, way up. We, we went to Kasigluk, got more gas in Kasigluk. And while we were there, my brother got most of his gear. Had a really nice flat-bottom boat with a nice motor, and you know, I'm proud of him. Like, yeah, we're gonna bring everybody. Here. And we started going up the Johnson which is a little tributary that goes far up behind this village called Cow mm-hmm. But then when you go up that tributary, it brings you uh, five miles to the Yukon, right? Yeah. So you're inside unit 18 remainder. You can hunt all cows that don't have uh, a with them.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know? Mm-hmm. So as we're going up the Johnson, I said, ready guys? Get ready, get your guns ready. We're going to see a cow right behind this bend. And literally, as we come around the bend, there's a cow swimming across the bend, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we're getting ready to shoot it. Yeah. There was a calf. And I told everyone, I said, Yeah, don't shoot it, has a calf. Don't worry, we'll, we'll catch one tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And as we're driving up, driving, going up, going up to, to Johnson, we've seen this one camp that was. Like, right, all these camps are like, pretty much close to the riverbank, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Even this one that was next to the bluff that was further down from us, they were next to this bluff. They could have went up on top, but they stayed down next to the boat, and I thought, I, I, I thought it was strange, weird. Yeah. And I'm not Russian Orthodox, so I got to this, this, this bluff, and at the top of this bluff, there was two posts driven into the ground, like, like old uh, spruce posts, like they were made out of a spruce tree. Yeah, you know they weren't no graves or anything like that.
2: Mhm.
0: So they were pushed into the ground. And as we got up there, we're like, hey, this would be a perfect spot to put a tent. It's ten by ten, pretty much. It's nice and flat. Where these two posts are at, so we started setting up my tent and we put it down. And, well, before that, we set up a tent right next to it, and I started picking up all the—I the, the, the I thought it was trash. So there was a half drunken beer, there was a pilot bread, which are crackers, we call them up here, crackers. Mm-hmm. And a um, bunch of other different food, spam, uh, shells, lots of shells, a lot of different calibers of shells, I remember that. And— what I did was, I thought it was trash, so I picked them all up and I threw them away, you know, in the trash bag. He went out threw everything away. And I said, I, and my brother was, I was glassing and my brother was sleeping on the tundra, sleeping with my brother-in-law just laying there, both laying there, because we got up pretty early and we left that day, we made it over up there. And um, while I was sitting there glassing, I took, no one was in the tent, I started sitting in the tent and I set it up, I was like, man, these two posts be great. Time or tent too, you know, with the rain falling all that. So I, and it was and it was really flat. Was, I was surprised there was no uh, uh, those uh, thunderheads. And the, and they, they have like these long grass and this spot had none of that, man. Yeah, none of them. Mm-hmm. And I said, man, let's set our, our tent up here. It's my tent, so they are asleep. I'm setting it up. And that night, we're sitting there, and I, I made us a cup of noodle. All of a sudden, I made hot water. I'll have a cup of noodle. And, man, it went from a beautiful day to ugly looking outside. I could see the jet stream right above us. So we're on top of this bluff, and when you look up, it looked like you could almost, you know, see the clouds like a 100 feet up, and these ripples, you know? i never seen them like that before. Hmm. The wind was blowing above the clouds. You could see ripples in it. Yeah, Like water almost. Uh-huh. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, man, this is going to get bad. So I went in the, went inside the tent, and I'm sitting there as I'm eating my, my soup, my cup of noodles. All of a sudden, the ground goes, it shakes, you know, like, starts shaking. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, did I just feel that? I don't want to say nothing to anybody. I don't want to sound like I'm crazy. Yeah. I'm not going to say nothing. And I'm sitting there. I take a second bite, and all of a sudden, I feel another even harder jolt. <clears throat> just, just, just jolt. This just fucking, just like the ground just started rumbling, like shaking, and, and it went away, and I knew they felt it because my brother was like right away, Mosey, you feel that shake? I was like, yeah. Did you guys not feel the first one? And my, my brother in not my brother-in-law, but my wife's brother-in-law, but I call him my brother-in-law, too. Mm-hmm. But anyway, he's like, what, you guys didn't feel the first one? I was like, I felt the first one. I just didn't want to say nothing to you guys because yeah, I thought you guys just, you know, didn't feel it and that like, made me feel funny. And my brother's were like, man, Mosey, what's this bump? What's this bump on anything? And he gets up, he's freaking out. He starts feeling the bump with both his hands. He goes, oh, this feels oval like a face. Uh-oh. And then he starts pushing and he goes, oh, these are, these feel like eyes, like eye sockets and then he goes up, he goes, oh, it has a nose bridge, Moses, what the hell, I'm like, he's like, come over here and feel this, I'm like, I, see, I cuss, I was like, fuck, I'm not gonna go feel that, <laughs> you know, and, <laughs> you know, it freaked me out, yeah. and then um, Mike, the only one that's Russian Orthodox out of both of us, is said, I don't know, he goes, he goes, you know, they leave gifts at graves when they're coming up here for having successful hunts, and, Hopefully, if you have a successful hunter, leave gifts like shells. Moses, you touched all of that. Oh. And, man, man, then the wind hit us all of a sudden. Wham! A big wind. and Like, both of my uh, poles in my tent on one side busted. Yeah. The wind hit us so hard, it broke um, fiberglass tent poles. Never experienced that before. And oh, it's 30 2 o'clock in the morning. And me and my brother are freaking out. We're like, man, let's just move camp. So we moved. We, we, we got the boat, all loaded up at like 2 o'clock in the morning, pitch black out, only had one headlight, and the only one that cuts the ground behind him when we get in the boat is uh, Mike. He's a Russian Orthodox dude, right? Mm-hmm. So he knows the native traditions too. You cut the ground behind you, leave any bad spirits behind that want to follow you, can't follow you.
2: Oh, I see,
0: yeah. So we go two bends down the river, my brother said he's going to sleep in the boat. I guess he's freaking out. Me and Mike had these awesome um, sleeping bags that were waterproof, um, military-style ones, that
2: mm-hmm.
0: you could camp out uh, with, the, the like, a three-layer sleeping bag. Yeah. Yeah, so me and him set ours up inside the tent. The rain fly blew away. Half the tent is only up. And half the tent is collapsed. We woke up the next morning, and, and there's a water, like, um... Where like about almost almost to our knees, you know, in the, inside the tent. Oh. But we were dry with those with those sleeping bags, huh? We stayed dry. This is crazy. <laughs> um. Yeah, we packed up. We got to. We brought my brother back. As soon as I got back to Bethel in the boat harbor, man, it was rough out there too. Like the waves are huge. I called my wife to come pick me up, and she showed up half an hour late. I was flipping out, got in a big argument. I was like, F this, man, I'm going to sleep in a, at a hotel. Wind got me a hotel, because we were just like, on bad terms as soon as I got there, which is weird. Yeah. And I didn't sleep for three nights after that.
2: Wow.
0: Every time I lay my head down, I feel like someone was watching me. Um, it wasn't close to me, but it felt like it was far.
2: Yeah.
0: You know, like uh, eight feet away from me, standing there watching me. Mm-hmm. And that Monday, I went to work, and I talked to an elder, too. I said, hey, you know, we, we did this, and ever since then, I, I, I've i been feeling like I'm being watched. And I don't know what to do. He says, you need to go feed the tundra. You need to go, um, you disturb your spirits. I told him the whole thing. and He goes, you disturb spirits, and you need to go feed the tundra and point them towards home. He said, the gifts that you put into the tundra, the food, will be their food, spiritual food for their journey back. They followed you, and the only one that didn't have trouble was the guy that cut the ground behind.
2: Me. Whoa, <laughs> it was Mike?
0: Yeah, my brother called me up and said, "Mousy, I can't sleep. I had a dream about it about the beautifulest woman, and she ended up being an evil woman at the end." And I kept hearing this fly buzzing me though every night. I'd fall asleep and have bad dreams. And I told him what I did. I told him I saved myself. I had gotten sage from a family friend, and I went to the tundra, and I saged myself with a white sage, and then I fed the tundra and told the spirits, talking to them like they were there, and told them, put your ways home. Hmm. And yeah, I was able to sleep after that. <laughs> Damn. It's crazy, man, even the, even the incense that the Indians downstate to use, you know? Yeah, but there's some holy, powerful meaning in
1: it. Yeah, because we we use sage too, but um, we use it in a little different ways. Like the old traditional way, um, they use sage. They they don't uh, really burn it. They'll they'll rub off with it. They'll use it to kind of rub off. But uh, there's other ways mm-hmm. too. And and our tribe does it. I mean, I I grew up burning sage too, but we just believe you can't burn it at That's- night. Because if you burn it at night, it'll actually call bad in. You can burn it at night, but just not by itself. You got to put sweet grass, cedar, you know, sweet pine, some yeah, tobacco, I, some other kind of smudge on top of it. But
0: uh, see, I started learning more more about my traditions too, and my people. Mm-hmm. And that's what that old guy told me to use was the Iook tea. Go out there and use Labrador tea. He said our people use lab. When uh, we smudge, we smudge his Labrador tea. I'm like, okay, and it smells good too, you know, it, smell, it has a good smell like sage. It smells like a church when you burn it. Yeah, see,
1: my family, uh, <laughs> they they were like Catholics and stuff. Well, my grandpa, he was a crazy dog singer. He sang in you know, those societies, but, you know, they were all raised like that, my grandpa and I, and my aunt, she was really big into our traditional ways. She didn't follow the church at all, and she always brought me around ceremonies. That, you know, I grew up around these, these well... I guess we get to say medicine, man. He he was always, I was always around mm-hmm. him and he was showing us, I'd sweat with him and help him at his Sundance, you know, things like that. But not all the time, I just, you know. Anyways, I was around him a lot and he's the one that uh, sent me into the military. I went into Marines first and he gave me protection before I went in there and, you know, so I, I was, I followed our traditional way more because I don't really know a lot about the Bible or, you know, I know mm-hmm. things about it, but I've never used, you know, prayed like that. Except for when I was a little, little yeah. kid and I didn't know what I was doing. But, uh, anyways, I started learning our, our other ways at a young age, about, you know, second and third grade. So I've always swallowed that. I didn't really know too much about the church, you know, the prayers. I, I can't recite any of those prayers. I might be able to recite that Lord's Prayer, you know, but she I. Yeah,
0: the Lord's Prayer. I don't really. I could have recited that because my mom, in our, in our porch, she had this big um, rug type thing, right? Like a uh, rug. Mhm. But it had the Our Father prayer on it. And it was hanging on the wall like a tapestry or where you call them. I don't know what you call them. It looked like a rug. Yeah. Yeah. So it said Our Father who art in heaven.
1: Like a tapestry. And um,
0: yeah. yeah. And um, yeah. That same thing. The same thing. That guy, that elder, I was talking to him about it. I started getting questions, and I went and talked to him again later on. I said, Hey, who's who's dumb you? Who, who is this guy that our people used to pray to? It just, he said, it's, Tamya it, kind of means like his, whose spirit is just there. His, he was just there. Mm-hmm. And then he goes, that means we could have been praying to anybody. And he was telling me, he's like, you know, it could have been a bad, bad spirit. We don't know. He was saying, and he's like, but he said he converted to Christian and, but he told me those... He's the one that told me that same way, you know, to mm-hmm. go and feed the tundra. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah,
2: we, we do things
1: like but that, that yeah, too. A, feed those spirits and... That's, yeah.
0: a, that, that's the third time i ever experienced anything personally.
1: Uh-huh.
0: You know, I hear stories from other other people. Like my wife, too. She said, um, you know what's funny about that trailer you used to live in? One day I came over to your house and I could hear, like, old 30s music playing but there's no radio in your house going and I could hear it coming from the wall I stuck my ear against the wall and I could just hear the music playing the walls I was like, what?
1: Whoa.
0: <laughs> yeah, she said it sounded old Yeah, old music playing in the walls
1: Hey, this is a little off-subject but do you know a guy named uh, Sean Peter that lives in Bethel?
0: Sean Peter? Yeah, I know Sean Peter he's from Kotlik
1: um, I, I served with him in the army
0: yeah. Oh, nice man. He used to date my um, cousin um, Naya. Um, <laughs> Is that right? I know who you're talking about. He's a half breed uh, native. He looks like he's a, he could be a light skinned yep. Native, yeah. almost so, like he's a white man. yeah uh-huh. Yep. And we, was, know him.
1: we served with another guy too named Daniel Elaine. He was there with us too.
0: Yeah. Uh, that's crazy. Yeah, I, I don't uh, Daniel Elaine. Not sure, but I know Sean because he used to date my cousin.
1: Yeah, well, if you ever see him. Yeah, baby, lizard.
0: Yeah.
1: Tell him I said hi if you ever see him. <laughs>
0: Rob, what your you, you say? Rob said hi?
1: Yeah, Rod Williamson. He'll know who I am from. Uh, Robbins. Okay. Yeah, the 1st Battalion, 17th Infantry Regiment out of Fort Wainwright. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, he'll know who I am. Yeah. <laughs> so I have yeah. a couple of questions. Um. What do you think that that was? Uh, we gonna, let's go back to that shadow people when uh, when it was mm-hmm. breathing in your mom's face. Uh, was it the same entity that you've seen?
0: Man, the way I think, man, when, when I watched that one um, movie, what is that movie with Christian Slater? Where he's walking and he's 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 the, he's, the, he's Satan himself, right? He's walking and um, he has his little pet demon with him that's Stands and he growls. He looks like a regular person, but he growls like a f- lion. Yeah, that's what I thought. As soon as I, won, I woke up, because man, that movie was like from the '90s. And when um the, when my when I told him I was man, I seen a dark shadow person. He goes, man, there was growling in my face. I put two together. I was like, man, Satan and his demons are here in their house last night. You know? Yeah, that's oh, what I, I thought.
1: Yeah.
0: So it yeah, was two separate things in.
1: then, huh? That were.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm thinking two separate things. One uh, bothering her while he was upstairs watching me talk, or, or maybe coming to introduce himself to me. I'm not sure. Yeah. Because it was after I, you know, kind of renounced God and telling God he was fake. Uh
1: huh.
0: Yeah. And oh, no.
1: geez, that's that's pretty crazy. What okay, so back to the uh to that encamp or that little camp you guys made, your little hunting camp there. What did it feel like an earthquake that was shaking under you guys? Or did it feel like the ground was lifting like breathing or something? What what was that?
0: Man, that ground was shuddering, man. It was like a shudder, you know, like like say you got a chill and you feel and you start shaking. Yeah,
1: you know, or
0: your say your adrenaline's going a little bit and you feel that? Oh, the funny thing is, before that, we saw an old guzzet, right? Huh. So that kind of made sense, too, now. A uh, is a uh, old, um, like, men's men's house. Oh, I see, yeah. Uh-huh. So, anyway, we were, traveling, we were walking back there, I saw this hill, and this hill had three openings into it, and then it had an opening up top for, like, the smoke, but I couldn't get to it because there was a creek in front of us. I so was like, man, I want to go see that. And you hear about like three openings and all that, and you think about little people. So I left cigarette, tobacco. I left tobacco over there. as uh, a <laughs> rear. You know, yeah. I have a successful hunt, man.
1: Yeah, that's really interesting,
0: huh? Um, my my dad's relative, he always used to take him in, right? hmm And he was um, he'd always stay homeless in Bethel every time he got to Bethel, home. and he was a uh, he was in and out of Scammon Bay, this village. And he'd go stay in Bethel, and my every time my dad would see him, uh, like uh, staying at the main store, looking like he's been drinking,
2: mm-hmm.
0: he'd, he'd he'd take him in all the time. His name was George. I forgot his, just forgot his last name, but yeah, I, I always knew my uncle, Uncle George. Sure. Even to this day, when I see him in Bethel, I say, "Hey, Uncle George," and he's so excited me.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I said, "Tell me some scary stories, you know, because I like listening to that." And <laughs> yeah. he'd go off on different stories, or he'd tell me stories, try and tell me stories about women, too. And my mom would always tell the shit. Like, yeah. <laughs> 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 you know, one of those cool uncles. Yeah, I thought he was pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, He was, uh, what was he doing? Anyway, he said he went loose hunting to this river called Black River. They call it Black River, mm-hmm. which is close to the Yukon. And he said, while he was sitting there, he said, he said there's camps up there. There's cabins that people that use if they need to. Mm-hmm. And he said um, that it was getting laid out. The sun was starting to go around. And he's outside the cabin. And he said he saw this boat. He heard a boat coming up the river. He went out. He said he saw it. He said the boat passed him. He, they're waving at him. He waved at them back. And he said, when he turned around and went into the... He goes, man, there's something funny about that boat. He goes, it was an all wooden boat, you know, like they used to make a long time ago.
2: Yeah.
0: He said the motor wasn't no regular Johnson motor. He said it was one of those old motors, the loud, all metal motor with a metal cowling. Yeah. Then he's like, man, it all just came to him. He said, man, all the people were dressed traditional with no... uh, with, with, With furs, with not regular clothes. They're all dressed in fur. Yeah. For um parkers and stuff coming up with the old wooden boat, like he was in a time lapse or something
1: yeah heard he something. said he
0: went into the camp, and he said later that night uh, the um the doors and everything started shaking, hmm. he said like something was trying to come in, and he said he grabbed the Bible and he threw the Bible at the door, and it stopped. He said there's a Bible in there, so that's yeah, that's what he told me when I was a kid growing up. I always thought that was creepy, uh, yeah. yeah.
1: Just to see those old old people, you know, those old spirits, still out there. Yeah, you know, maybe who knows? Yeah, and, and,
0: <laughs> and my man, man, see, man, there's so many stories in my. You gotta talk to my older brother too. When um, when my um, anyway, my older brother and uh, and and my second oldest brother, they were at Old Očivak, right? Mm-hmm. So Old Očivak is the. The old village before they moved on to the, the bluff to the hill above high water because it always used to flood. Mm. The only building standing there is the, the Catholic Church, right? I see,
2: yeah.
0: And behind the church, there's these graves where they buried the people above the ground in boxes.
2: Oh, uh huh.
0: And um, one day, I guess uh, Francis is kicking a skull around with his other girl that's named Francis, too. Mm. And he kicked it into the river. And he said, my dad said later that night he, my brother told on him, so said, hey, Francis was playing with the skull and kicking the river. My dad's like, why'd do you do that? And Nanook them, everyone went to bed. That girl got Nanook too. She went to bed, they're playing, because you know, they was playing with a human skull and kicking the river. And um, later that night, my, my mom and my real mom told me that she got so scared, she, Got in the field position and covered up because there was two people talking in Jupik, which is a different dialect of Yupik.
2: Yeah.
0: And the uh, Jupik people are, they're like us, they're similar, they just say, they just talk differently, different dialect. Like um, we say saluna where I'm from, mm-hmm. but from my dad's side, they say Jalunup, which is the same thing for salted fish, so they say it worth a J and not a Su.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: They're just similarity, a little different. And, um, they said that two people were talking and asking in, in Jipic, Well, in my language, you'd say it'd be like, more like, I'm thirsty. Hmm. But in their language, it's something different. It and I'm thirsty. My dad put water outside of the tent. I said, here's water. And he left it there. And to this day, every time my dad goes camping, he leaves water outside of the tent. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. supposedly <laughs> it's supposed to leave bad spirits outside of your tent too When you put water outside, I guess
1: Jeez, my aunt like used a to gallon do of something water, Oh, go ahead. Sorry yeah.
0: No, that's
1: fine. Yeah, my aunt used to do something similar when she was getting haunted. She was a matron at Chamao Indian school That's where I went. I went to Chamao Indian school. I really appreciate you coming yeah. on it It's an honor to to listen to your stories and to hear you share some of the things that you know about your culture I really and appreciate it's similar
0: it. too to other people, you know. Yeah. Other people that had like the same experiences. Mm-hmm. But that's the funny thing is, you know, everyone said it would like the shadow man, oh, he had a hat. Like even you told me your experience you he had a hat.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: When I always hear people say that they were they were um able to move or weren't able to move. You know, I was able to move, uncover myself. And when I looked at him you know how you see those signs, what floor signs?
2: Yeah.
0: Of a person it shows a person? Yeah. yeah. It was exact like like almost exact shape of that. But as tall as me. And the head wasn't was it was a circle, you know, like a like, like that slippery sign looking thing. Weird. And it was dark. Yeah. So black, you know, like just like it was the galaxy right there inhaling all the
2: light, you know. Wow. It always makes
0: me wonder, like, what 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 if, what, what if he came to talk to me and I talked to him, you know, not <laughs> mm, Yeah, I, don't <laughs> if know I wasn't if I scared do that. enough to communicate with him. <laughs> I wonder what would have happened.
1: I don't know, man. I don't think anything good, though. I would have been scared to do that, jeez.
0: And then you hear of, like, you hear, like, where I'm from in Bethel, too, you hear of all these, like, possessions that happen with um, intoxicated individuals.
2: Yeah. Like, man,
0: my mom, my grandma, mom was at, um, this one house in slew
2: mm-hmm.
0: and this lady had been drinking, and she touched the table, like, she touched the, uh, with a pointer, she touched the coffee table.
2: Yeah.
0: And when she touched it with her pointer, it flew, like, six feet towards the other direction, you know? Mm-hmm. And then she was getting ready to, she was getting ready to touch her own little toddler son. Right before she touched her everyone grabbed her and stopped her.
2: Mm-hmm. So...
0: And they, they had to get the deacon over there and, the, you know, someone to come over and help exercise her. So there's so of... another alcohol in the field um, happening. Yeah. Like they say, you know, spirits in the bottle.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's true, man. Yeah, we call them alcohol you, spirits. You know? Yeah. hmm You know, they become other people, especially when uh, people black out. They go and do things that they normally wouldn't do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. maybe that spirit, you know?
1: I think so. You know, they can influence you. I think so, man. You know, I've had experiences with that, those alcohol spirits, and they can definitely, well, trick you, make you think people are against you, and they're not. But you're you're too inebriated yeah. to know the difference, you know? Like, we could sit there in a bar and you'd be visiting with people. You wouldn't even know, but that person that you're visiting with is one of them, those alcohol spirits, because they look real to you. Mm -hmm. Other people might not be able to see them, but you see them sitting right there talking to them. Again, thanks to Moses Jordan. I appreciate him coming on. I have another guest that came from Alaska that's... uh, that she already shared part one of her stories and she's going to share more. Her name is Carrie. So I have another person from Alaska that contacted me and we're in the works of scheduling something to to get her stories recorded as well. I have another person that recently contacted me from Alaska wants to share as well. I guess his whole family's got a lot of stories so it's going to be interesting our, our Alaskan brothers and sisters that are going to be sharing with us, it's, uh, it's something different for us as Blackfeet, you know, to hear their stories and I really appreciate them coming on and being willing to share with us. It's, it's, uh, it's fun to do and I, I love hearing all these stories. They're so interesting to me, you know. There's more people I know from uh, just my family alone that are going to be coming on too. My cousin Philip Hides, he'll be sharing stories with us as well. I'm trying to get one of my really good friends to come on. And he's, uh, one of these days we'll get him on. He's got a ton of stories and, you know, from the Blackfeet tribe here. And so, if there's any more of you out there, you know, you crow, uh, any, any tribe, Grove it. I don't care what tribe it is, we just want to hear the indigenous stories. Sue, Seminal, don't matter. I'd like to hear your stories. It'd, it'd be good to get more of us in here and keep this podcast growing. And thanks to all you listeners and everybody that supports the show. Thank you, patrons, as always. You guys are, you know, you got a really special place in my heart because you helped me grow this thing from a financial standpoint. You know, it, it really goes a long way. Each patron, I... I really thank you all. Well, till next time.